Hey guys, it's Evan from Empire State Conservatives Podcast. Just reminding you to check us out on Instagram at GetRedPillNY, on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives, on YouTube at Empire State Conservative Network, on Twitter at Empire State Cons, and on Anchor, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Spotify, Overwatch at Empire State Conservatives Podcast. And make sure you check out our store for all snowflake melting merch at EmpireStateConservativeNetwork.com slash store. Enjoy this episode. everybody, welcome back to the Empire State Conservatives Podcast, episode 127. Yes, we are still here. We have not been murdered by our significant others. It is me, your host, Evan with the All-American Conservative Solomon Tack, and CEO of Gun For Hire, Anthony Calandro, is back to discuss Kung Flu Quarantine 2020. <laughs> it rages on, people. This is really just starting to make me go insane. I forgot what day of the week it was. I really, I don't know what's going on. I have to walk outside several times a day. I pretend I'm checking the mail. I'm just going outside to look at the sun because I'm starting, I'm starting to get stir crazy. Um, guys, how is it affecting you? So first, uh, today I found out that governor Northam, they shut down the schools, which I've been known about no schools in Virginia for the rest of the year. Uh, but then I speak to my son's kindergarten teacher and what his teacher tells me is they have no clue how they're, they're going to proceed forward as far as progression for the next year. Is he going to first grade? Is any of the kids that's in kindergarten going to first grade? We don't know. Any of the first graders going to second grade? Have no clue. Um, I can give Governor Cuomo a lot of props because he shut down the schools in New York City and immediately moved online. It seems like uh, Governor Northam, all he's doing is saying, Cuomo did it. I got to do it, too. No plans behind it. Well, he wants you guys to kill your children. That's why he hasn't have a plan. It's like, <laughs> hey, if they're not going to first grade, what's the point of having these things? <laughs> it's like you didn't kill them after the womb. You didn't let somebody make them comfortable until their mother made a, de- a decision. Blackface. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I'll tell you my situation. I'm, I'm, I'm used to working seven days a week, 80, 90 hours a week. I'm a serial entrepreneur. My business is open 84 hours a week, 363 days a year. I'm going crazy. I drive down to my empty range. I go in a port. I light up a cigar. I shoot a couple of hundred rounds of ammunition. I walk around the place like it's a ghost town, and then I come home. I'm looking for things to do. The old people in my neighborhood and my parents, I'm shopping for them every day. Today, I hit five food stores, soft soap, paper towels, toilet paper, eggs or whatever, giving me something to do. And, and I'm feeling good about it, too. But I got to get out. I'm going crazy. Yeah, being stuck inside is definitely a recipe for disaster. Um, we are hoping it's only a 14-day lockdown, but no one has given us any notice whether or not it will continue or whether or not it is going to end. Um, it does seem as though they are finding drugs that are being effective against the coronavirus, which should give people hope. But once again, looking at the numbers as of today, worldwide, these numbers are worldwide. This is not the country. This is worldwide. 467,890 cases of coronavirus. That's people that know that they're sick. They went to a doctor and been tested. Only 21,177 deaths. That's not, that's worldwide. Now, that's if China's telling the truth about how many actually died, well, I don't think they're including the people that they murdered. So, 
we all know China's down and do that to their own people all the time. So I don't think they're counting executions. But even if it's more than that in China, right? The United States is not in this, we're not really in this state of mass panic, mass pandemic where people are dropping dead left and right. And if you leave your house, you're going to end up dying. And I talk to regular people and they seem to think that that's what's going on outside. And they're like, well, my parents leave the house and they get it. They're going to die. This is going to happen. And it's really being fueled by the media. We have even Cuomo's trying to tell people to relax. When Andrew Cuomo is trying to be the actual voice of reason, you know the media has completely lost it. Completely. But I really wanted to get into how this is affecting business owners. That's why I wanted to bring you on, Anthony. How is this affecting your business? I know you run a very, very successful gun range which we hope to be at one day if this quarantine ever ends. But how is this affecting your business as a whole, your bottom line, employees, stuff like that? Well, it's, it's, it's quite devastating. I have 70 employees and over 30 are full-time. The rest of them are part-time. Either they have other jobs or pensions or, or whatever. They only want to work one day a week. So total shutdown as of Saturday morning by the state. No sales, no service, nothing. But we can have cell phone stores, car washes, and bicycle repair shops are considered essential businesses in New Jersey. But they shut our NICs down. We can't get approval because ours goes through the state police. So I have no income coming in. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not beholden to a lobbyist group, so I don't have anybody getting me gobs of money from Washington, D.C. or Trenton when this is all over. I told all my employees to go and apply for unemployment, and they have a, an unemployment for COVID, for people uh, that are affected by this temporary layoff, let's say. Me, as a majority owner of my business, I can't apply. But I pay into state unemployment insurance every week for the past 45 years, but I'm not allowed to apply to get five or $600 a week back. That's how it's devastating. Now, what are there? Let's say this stretches on another three weeks. Could there be long-term effects for your business? Or is this something that you feel you're going to bounce back? It's going to be hard while this is going on, but you have faith that you're going to bounce back. Luckily I grew up poor inner city and without much. So I'm very conservative and I don't run things right by the, by the wire. I, I, I'm doing really well as far as keeping my overhead low and, and having money in the bank for a rainy day. Because when you own a gun business in a state like New Jersey, you have to be prepared, whether it's legal challenges, insurance challenges, you know, a hurricane or whatever. So luckily, I'm in a position where I, I'll be able to offer jobs back for everybody. I don't know how long it's going to take to ramp up. You know, people aren't going to have money when they come back, you know, if they go a month and they open my range up, people aren't going to have the dough to throw around. Sure. Some of the hardcore shooters will come back. Government workers that didn't miss any salary, you know, while this whole shutdown was going, they'll be back. But what about the couple that lives in Manhattan or Brooklyn that want to go out for a date night? I don't know for sure if we're going to see people coming out and spending a hundred, hundred fifty dollars on a date night for quite some time. This is going to have long-term devastating effects, not just in the gun industry, but in every industry in this country, which the socialists love this. This is like a trial run for Bernie for president. <laughs> That's definitely the truth. Every, it's unfortunate because every industry is, is affected by this. I have, I have stock in uh, my favorite country restaurant, Cracker Barrel. And 
<laughs> they were they were probably around like one twenty six a share, and immediately dropped down to like eighty six dollars a share. Damn. And yeah, they didn't pick up until what last night when they um the the bail the bailouts, and now it's up to about ninety six ninety seven dollars a share. But to see that you're that a, a restaurant will drop that low, and it's already one of those industries where the waiters get paid like however two dollars an hour, but they make all of their money on tips. Those are the people that you're going to be saying you can't return back because it's too much overhead. There's going to be multiple, multiple people that end up losing their jobs because of this, because companies are going to have to cover their overhead. <clears throat> Which is kind of, it makes it kind of disgusting how hard the Democrats were fighting the stimulus bill that's going to the people. And we talked about this last time about how I was all for it if it went through the tax system, which is how they were planning on doing it. Your 2018 tax return, and depending on that, you would get two checks, but then they had to knock them down to one check because Pelosi and the Democrats decided, hey, we can't waste a crisis. Let's throw abortion funding in. Let's throw in airplane emissions. Let's throw in all this other socialist crap that we want passed because how dare they not give the money to the people? They should just give us all our stuff too. And it's, it's really sick how they're playing games when, like we said, we have people who are out of work. Luckily, I'm still getting paid. My side business is suffering because I can't go do lessons for kids if I can't, you know, see kids. But you know, it's it's really disgusting how they're playing with people who some some of these people are really strung out. They have they don't have savings, or they were living month to month and they didn't have a chance to save up yet. And these people need money coming in, and they can't file for unemployment, or it's going to take too long to get unemployment because that's what they were saying. They wanted to go through unemployment, but they said the unemployment system would take too long, so that's why these checks were supposed to be mailed out to the people. Why the Democrats are so w- willing to bail out banks and bail out the auto industry, but not willing to bail out the average American citizen is disgusting to me. Hey man, that's, that's their whole thing. That's always been their thing. Uh, since the beginning, it was always make Trump look as stupid as possible, make it look like he can't get anything done. Uh, throw in, remember when he said he'll never do another uh, omnibus bill or whatever? And then the second time came around and they gridlocked everything to where it couldn't move. And they kind of forced them to not even kind of, they forced them to have to approve the second one. And now inherently, this is the third one. They shut everything down. They cry like babies. You have Democrats now that are never voting Democrat again, because this legitimately exposed them. And I'm just excited to see what happens in 2020. If we're allowed to go vote, in November, if we're allowed to actually show up in polls and we're not trying to hope they count us, our, our uh, what is it called? The absentee, absentee ballot. ballot. Yeah. Hopefully we don't have to go do it by absentee ballot, but uh, we'll see. Cause they just, they keep shooting themselves in the same foot over. They don't even have a foot left to stand on. So on a peg leg. So tack as, as the old guy here, uh, people have short memories so here we are, it's, it's March. By the time November comes, unfortunately, so many of the no and low information voters, this will be ancient history. Two paychecks away from being homeless. They're watching whatever show is on TV at night. They got a fridge full of food, some snacks, and everybody forgets. And the media 
is going to help blanket that forgetfulness yeah. as well. So it's going to be hard. We get, we, we're all going to have to keep doing what we do to send the message out like we're doing here, but they'll, they'll try to cover it up. People forget. Mm-hmm. It's true. It's true. This is, uh, uh, and as a history buff, of course, I immediately started watching uh, things on the Spanish flu, you know, World War I, 1918, 1919. Uh, and I, it, it seems like we learned a lesson from then because we didn't want to shut anything down at all. We kind of, it started out as a normal flu, went around the country, left, we kind of eradicated that, and then it returned back to the country, mutated. And they allowed parades to go on as long as you wore face masks. They were scared to shut down the schools. They were scared to do so much stuff. And it transferred so quickly that it's mutated over and over and over again and turned into almost like this black plague kind of thing. And it took out the millions of people that we know we all know took out it took out today. So I think that on a federal level, that's what sparked a lot of the panic is they didn't want to see that happen over again. Because you know history repeats itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, but in in that I think they panicked, I don't want to say too soon, but too harshly. And we see how quickly it affected every single industry. It wasn't even like a slow rollout of, okay, we're going to stop this. And then we're going to move on to that and develop a plan for that. And then we're going to move on to the next thing and develop a plan on how we're going to help each industry recover. Everything just immediately stopped. And that hurt. (laughs) But hopefully we'll learn from this so the next time it happens, we won't come to a dead halt like we did. Um, Maybe people yeah. start washing their hands. Yeah, true. Using hand sanitizer, actually buying Lysol wipes for their house, not just letting them sit on the shelves. <laughs> it showed how dirty America really is. Fueling your wipe phones. I'm okay if we never shake hands again. Exactly. <laughs> I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. I shake so many hands a day at the range, and when I'm out in political stuff, I would prefer not to shake hands. Just give everybody a wave. I mean, I've been knuckle punching for a long time, but some people want you to shake hands. But, you know, there's also another way we could have we could have looked at the high-risk people, the age groups and the people with other conditions, and maybe we could have quarantined them first. That probably would have been the best bet. Yeah. No yeah. slow rollouts, a slow rollout. Yeah. A complete shutdown was kind of – they kind of jumped the gun. I think the biggest mm-hmm. thing that triggered this, though, <laughs> I think it was the NBA shutting down. I think once, what's his name, that idiot who touched all the microphones tested positive <laughs> and the NBA shut down, everyone was like, let's just shut down everything. Because if they're not going to have sports, we, like, we might as well just shut everything down. It's, it, they kind of, they, like you said, they had a freak out moment. Mm-hmm. Correct. They really should have, the people who were at risk, same thing with the flu. We have had almost 100,000 100, more deaths from the flu worldwide than from coronavirus. But no one's freaking out about the flu still. Still no one freaks out about the flu. Every year, hundreds of thousands of people die from the flu. Nothing closes. Swine flu, nothing closed. Correct. Ebola, nothing closed. Zika virus, nothing closed. Coronavirus, all of a sudden, boom, worldwide <laughs> shutdown. It's Trump overreaction. is president. <laughs> and exactly. And the problem is they're trying to make it seem like he's incompetent. And now that he's being very competent, he's actually being extremely presidential for one of the few times of his presidency. Listen, I love the guy. I love the job he's doing. But he's a brash asshole, which is probably why I like him. He's a lot like me. But he's, you know, besides the State of the Union, this is one of those few times where he is being very metered. 
He's giving us the information that we need. He's doing everything possible to help the American people and to stop this in its tracks and to get stuff done. And which leads us to our next topic that the left-wing media has asked people to stop streaming Trump updates. So they want to take away his ability to speak directly to the people. This is the president of the United States. We're in a worldwide crisis, according to them. You don't want the president of the United States speaking to the people. And I believe they're doing this because they do, he directly is contradicting their message. Their message is we're headed for a worldwide depression. We are heading for millions of deaths. Everyone needs to panic and we need to get rid of Trump. That is their entire message in a nutshell. And he is telling people, listen, relax, stay home if you can, wash your hands, take care of yourself. If you feel sick, try to self-quarantine. If you are in one of those danger zones, go to the doctor. But the media wants everyone to panic because that's what drives ratings. Because if I'm so worried about the end of the world and I need constant updates, what is my TV going to be on? It's going to be on the news. It's absolutely disgusting. The fact that the left-wing media and the Democrats have done the exact same thing. They've put the American people second but past their own interests in this. It's infuriating. It, it's, 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 I'm trying to stay calm. It's very infuriating. So it was was it FDR that had the the fireside chats? Oh God, yes. I hate FDR. That socialist. So, so he gets praised for these fireside chats. The one guy who, and they don't like to admit this, but the one guy who praised both Hitler and Mussolini, they try to well, act the trains like, ran on time. <laughs> they try to act like he he was their complete enemy. It was their relationship soured. There's no doubt about that. But he initially praised these guys. And they say, oh, he sat down when the country had an extremely tough time. We were still going through the Depression. Then we had this war. And he just comforted the country. Now you want the, the country to go through an extremely tough time. Everybody's panicking. And when the president wants to talk to the people and help relax the entirety of the nation, that's white, black, Asian, Hispanic, Jewish, whatever your ethnicity is, then you want to shut them down? What kind of sense does that make? You can't even fathom any kind of sense to go behind that. You know, uh, what they don't like is during these press conferences, when the press asks something or try to bait him, Trump's like, quiet, you're next. <laughs> you're, you're starting trouble here. You know, you're with the fake news. They don't like that. He's not Sarah Huckabee Sanders, you know. He just, he, he's the president of the United States. He tells them, shut up. You're wrong. You're doing this. And they don't like that. And, he's, and again, by having this whole panel of experts standing behind him, the, the infectious disease specialist, and, you know, bringing out top military and stuff, it, it's killing the left's narrative that he's just a bumbling jackass. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and leading back to what you guys, everybody's saying here is, they want to black them out. You know, they don't want them on the air at all. If they can't just do funny little memes and little sound bites about him, no good. They don't like him standing up there for an hour talking and asking questions or going, well, I don't know that answer, but here's Professor So-and-so. That's not what they want to portray with the president. And you see it the same thing when they talk about his Twitter. I don't like some of the tweets. and I think he tweets a little too often. But that is his direct pipeline to the people. So when CNN isn't pushing out the story about Trump doing A, B, or C, which are good things, he can go to Twitter and go, hey, here's a link to something that we just handled that's going to help the American people that the fake news isn't reporting on. 
And that's why they keep talking about him getting off of Twitter. They, they really want to cut out that lifeline. They want to control the narrative. It's all about control, which is it's the same thing. It's, it's really the Democrats and the left media go hand in hand. They are really, both of them are just, they're really in it for themselves. And the fact that a lot of people don't see this and the fact that a lot of, it's exposing a lot of leftists too. Because I, I had a leftist tell me today, she goes, oh, I hope Trump gets coronavirus. What kind of hateful shit is that? That is, that's, that's a horrible thing to say about someone. Imagine if I would go up to a leftist and say, oh, I hope Ruth Bader Ginsburg gets coronavirus. You That'd know be a what? horrible thing to say. Uh, did, you, did you guys ever see that meme where they compare it where I'm sitting in a plane, I'm going, I hate this pilot. I hope the plane crashes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that's, that's what it comes down to. Let's, let's, let's wish ill will on our entire nation because we don't like the guy. Let's just get through the eight years with him. I was no huge fan of Obama. I never made fun of him personally. I never made fun of any of his family. Whenever somebody posted a goofy character or something racial or something about Obama, I always deleted it because I didn't think they're, listen, he's still my president. You know, mm-hmm. I got to respect the position and the stress that goes with it. Did I love him on a one to 10? I was a one, you know, with 10 being the best. I was a one because I had to tolerate him as a fellow American, but I wouldn't do with the, the left. They're, they're, they're unhinged. Everything is personal attacks, and he slept with his daughter, and he did this. God, who the hell wants the freaking job? He's aged 10 years in the past three years, and I can't I, – he kind of strives off of these attacks, you know. Mm-hmm. I guess he's climbed that mountain. Three wives. Now he's got a trophy wife. He's got the kids. He's worth a few billion dollars. He's done it all. He's seen it all. So I guess you could just keep poking him in the back with darts, and he doesn't care. Uh, after the wives, I don't think anybody's going to care about any kind of personal attacks. <laughs> That's one of those things where after the first one, you can throw anything at a man. He's like, ah, got it. I'm going to throw it right back at you. <laughs> care to set me on fire and piss on it next or no? <laughs> it really shows, though, the mentality of the left where it goes, well, I don't like this person or they've done something that I don't agree with. So it's okay that I wish ill will upon them. Well, if you said something about someone that they liked, they would all lose their damn minds. It's Correct. Le- it's leftist hypocrisy at its finest. The Trump derangement syndrome is real, and it is ter- it's it's deadlier than the coronavirus. I'm calling it right now. Trump derangement syndrome is going to take out more oh, people without a doubt. Nineteen. And I, I I'm totally the the same way as Anthony. I'm I make like light fun of, of people. You know what I mean? But you know, Evan, I don't I don't talk about the dead. I don't. I don't I never really liked John McCain as a politician, even when he ran for president. Wasn't a fan of him. Uh, but I don't I'll never speak against him because he's not here to defend himself, one. And two, I never sat there and said any kind of death threats against him, never said I wish he would die once he came across and admitted that he had cancer. I just kinda like left <laughs> off of any kind of bad talk about him and let the rest of the, the little uh Instagrammers do their thing. Uh, whatever bashing them still, you know, but that's not, that's not in my character either. So you just got eight years of a particular individual. If you don't like what they're doing, you can work against them. There's ways to, our country is set up in a way to where you can, as a, a human, as a regular civilian, you can block what they're trying to push. You get your groups together, you get your, your, um, your lobbyists together, you go lobby with them block what they're trying to do, throw money against them, whatever you have to do. But it's only eight years. You just suck it up and you move on to the next one. Hopefully it's four if you really don't like them that much. 
Yeah, really. But to to wish that ill will on anybody. Yep. It's people forget that Donald Trump is oh, President Trump. As much as you might not like him, is a human being. He has mm-hmm. a family. If he got sick and died, not only would it hurt the country as a whole. Well, besides the fact that they all hate Pence even more, I don't know why you would wish Donald Trump would hate coronavirus. <laughs> but he has a family. He has grandchildren. It's how would you feel? If your parent got sick from coronavirus and died, mm-hmm. and then you found out that someone had wished it upon them, and that they're celebrating the fact that someone that you care about dies, it's a horrible, hateful thing, and it really just it shows the leftist mentality, and it's scary that a large part of our country—it's not even just the left. There are people on the right who are like that too, but it is a horrible, horrible thing in our culture that you would wish sickness and death upon people. There are plenty of people I don't like. I despise Louis Farrakhan. You, I've said many times on this show, Louis Farrakhan has every right to say what he wants to say. He's a complete asshole and a complete jackass. I wish I never had to hear from him again. But he's an American. He has every right to say what he wants to say. And I don't wish anything ill upon him. I wish he would stop talking. But other than that, it's we're all people. We're going to have different opinions. We're going to have different views on everything. That's why this whole globalism thing will never work. Mm-hmm. Because human beings are so different, even inside of countries. Inside of America, we have a million different views. We have so many different views on the right. You have the conservative party. You have the libertarian party, which is somewhere all over the place at different times, depending on you know what the issue is. The Republicans, you have rhinos who are really just Democrats. There's so much difference, even just right of center in this country, that you re- that they really think that this globalism thing could ever work. Look how the EU's turned out. Getting on kind of a tangent. But it's it just shows that there's a there's a really there's a sickness in our culture if people are wishing death and ill will on other people. Live your life. Yeah. Even in you break down Louisiana, you got like four different cultures in Louisiana. You got that whole French Cajun thing, and you got whatever else that starts with a seed, and you got the whole voodoo thing going on. Creole. And the Creole, <laughs> yeah, you got Cajun versus Creole, and you have that whole voodoo thing, and you got all the French crap going on. You have one state that's not even that big. I think I drove through Louis- from uh, Mississippi through Louisiana into Texas in like four hours or something like that. And you have that many different cultures and that many different mindsets and that many different ways that people can be raised in one state. Put 50 of them together. <laughs> you know, culturally, it's hard to do. And I've been attacked about that because I, I attack globalism. But I believe everybody can maintain their own culture as long as you learn the language of your host country and you adapt to the rules and regulations of your host country. If you're working and paying taxes, I, I'm cool with that. You know, I grew up in Newark in a, a predominantly Italian neighborhood. And right down the street was the Jewish neighborhood. And then right down the street was mostly a black neighborhood who we hung out with because the Jewish people had more money. You know, so it, was, it tended to be the Italians, the blacks and the Irish all scrapped together when I was a kid, you know, and we all kind of got along, but we all had our different idiosyncrasies to our cultures and our upbringing and stuff. And, uh, you know, back then we can make fun of racial stereotypes. So my black friends would bust, there'd be Italian jokes and I'd have black jokes and we'd have Irish jokes. And But today, you know, forget it, forget it. Get it, you know, it's so. amazing that that the group that pushes you know political correctness is so hateful and angry, and they're so willing to put down people who they don't agree with. Correct. It's crazy. It, the, the intolerant, tolerant left. Oh my God, it's so bad. <laughs> it is so bad. 
I like racial stereotypes because they're true. Yeah. You know, and you're, it's like George, when George, I tell everybody, George Carlin and Richard Pryor never told a joke. All they told was stories. Mm-hmm. It was just the way they told them. And I used to, when I used to listen to Richard Pryor, when his father said, if, be home by 10 o'clock at night and bring me a paper, that was my father. You know? <laughs> and, 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 and today, you, you can't get away with any of that. Everybody's too so, freaking touchy and sensitive. I got one for you, right? So there's a, a French guy, an Italian guy, and a Polish guy. And they all got, they're all at war. They all get captured together, and they're on a firing line right now. So the opposition force has the French guy on the firing line, and the, the guy that's about to kill him, he's counting down, he's going four, three, two. Before he gets to one, the French guy yells out, tornado, and takes off running. They never catch him. They let him go. They're like, all right. Let's move on to the Italian guy. Start the countdown again. <laughs> the Italian guy, once he get right before he gets to one, the Italian guy yells out, hurricane, and just takes off running. They try to shoot at him, miss him. He's running in zigzags. They just keep missing. Like, all right, last guy, we got the Polish guy. So let's start the countdown again. We'll get him this time. Five, four, three, gets to two. Polish guy yells out, Fire! <laughs> I knew it. I knew that was coming. <laughs> you just offended a lot of people. <laughs> That's why we're hey, here. <laughs> they got good sausages, though. So. <laughs> oh, yeah. All right, guys. Last thing I wanted to touch on. I didn't tell anyone we were doing this because I wanted your honest reactions. I don't know if you've seen it yet. The gun store owner in California who was freaking out over first-time gun buyers not wanting <laughs> to abide by the 10-day waiting period and not wanting to be able to pay extra to avoid the waiting period. The myths about gun purchasing are well-known. The fact that people think that you can just walk in and you can just buy a gun and it doesn't matter who you are and you could pick up an AR-15 for $95, according to Democratic legislators. We've all been through the gun buying process. It's do you really do you think this is going to wake people up to kind of the fact that yeah it's not that I mean if you're a law-abiding citizen it's relatively easy but it's not it's the myths about gun control are kind of being exposed do you think this is going to lead to a little bit bigger of an awakening by the regular public who are not as well informed as people like you and I are It is cuz a, lo- a lot of people are running scared now a lot of people are realizing all right, I need some kind of protection. I have children. If this does go down, uh, the way people are saying that they're expecting it to go down and people are out of jobs, you already have a home invasion about every seven seconds in this country. And that's with unemployment as low as it was. Imagine if it goes up to uh, just 6 7%. How many more home invasions do you think you're going to have? This is going to be people that's just simply looking for toilet paper. Yeah, true. People are realizing <laughs> you lost it all in a boating accident. You, <laughs> that was just delirium talking. But uh, they they are realizing that now they have to protect themselves and their family, and they wanted ten round magazines. They wanted uh, longer waiting periods to to buy your guns. They want you to have one gun a month, and they're realizing, okay, I have a pistol, but nighttime this little thing in my hand i might not exactly see what i'm looking at or trying to aim at 
I'm just waking up. I might be a little groggy. Maybe I need to go get a, a, a shotgunner. Now they're seeing exactly the monster they created. And it is going to wake uh, a few people up, a, a few, not all of them. I, I agree with you a few. We have the people that were on the fence uh, that came in. I had lines around the door for a week and a half before we were shut down Saturday morning. And we had the lines was comprised of three people. People already had guns that were coming in to buy ammo, which I put them in the dummy line because you should have ammo already. Then the second line were people coming in legitimately to pick up their guns that they had ordered previously. It's multiple guns. And then the third line was the newbies who we had to educate. And then I, I spent time educating hundreds of people and seeing their frustration. And then now I'm dealing with them because in New Jersey, they closed down the NICS system. They closed down the firearms unit because of this disaster uh, with the COVID-19 going on. So now these same people that I gave my business card to are emailing me. I tried to sign up for my fingerprints. I tried to contact the state police. I tried to do this. Nobody's getting back to me. I'm like, yeah, because the state police is shut down because of the disaster. It's probably going to be three or four months before you get your firearm. What am I going to do? Well, you were the same people that thought you just walk in the store and say, can I get two packs of gum, a laptop, uh, War and Peace, uh, an AR-14 with 200-round uh, <laughs> clips, magazines, whatever, with the shoulder thing that goes up. And you know what? Throw a rocket launcher into it. What the hell? <laughs> <laughs> it is. Welcome to it our is. world. <laughs> it's, it's crazy. It really is nuts. And the fact that, first of all, the fact that people didn't have ammo is kind of scary. I, yeah. I, I buy range ammo. That's the only stuff I don't keep. I keep at least a hundred rounds of home defense ammunition at all times. And I always tell my girlfriend, if I need more ammo for home defense, shit has really hit the fan and we are in big trouble. So if you are a gun owner, you should always have rounds at home for home defense. You should not be anywhere near close to being out of that because you shouldn't be using that ammo for the range. Buy separate range ammo. It's just, it's common sense, people. Come on. You guys, real quick, you guys, I've been doing this for over 30 years. Every time you go to a gun show, if there's a special on ammo, I'm a big fan of 22 long rifle, youngsters, because mm -hmm. you can shoot it out of a rifle and a handgun. You can use it to hunt small game. It doesn't yeah. have stopping power, but if someone came on your front lawn and you shot them 11 times with a 22 long rifle round, they're going to think about coming up the stairs. The other thing is, because it's so cheap, 16 or $17 for a brick of 500 you know, it could be used as currency should we have a long-term shutdown in our country. Mm -hmm. So every time, if you bought a brick a month, and as long as you had a twenty-two rifle and a twenty-two handgun, just buy a brick a month and you'll have 12 bricks a year uh, just sitting around doing nothing. You know what? Once you get to two or three years, rotate the stock if you want. Especially if they're mini mags, they got the wax on them. Don't keep them somewhere where they're hot because it'll melt a little bit. But yeah, definitely a few thousand rounds of each caliber. I think for long term, shit hits the fan. And twenty two ammo is 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 priceless. Exactly. And what's funny is you remember the old school karate movies because I still watch them. Where it's always the master versus the pupil toward the end, and the master yes. always goes. The master never teaches the pupil every one of his secrets that's how i feel about when it when it comes to uh, certain things when you're prepping you know um that's why you see all of the ammo is out because people you have all of the people who've prepped and who've kind of built up 
through the years. So they already have things stocked. They might have just wanted to grab a, a few extra things uh, for their most, what they say is their most important caliber. But then you have the people that realize, oh shit, I never prepped. I'm not ready for what's about to go down. So those are the ones that go into panic. And where the master, uh, the pupil never excels, the master comes in is real preppers never really truly expose their secrets. They may drop little tidbits of, of information here and there for people to, to try to pick up on. But when you drop those inf- that little tidbit of information, preppers tend to get made fun of after that. You become the, the Noah's Ark, the current day Noah's Ark mm-hmm. of society. So you just wash your hands like Pilate did and you walk away. Mm-hmm. And then when something like this happens, everybody panics and they go, oh, they were right. I should have been had all of this. Now I got to go get 200 rounds of, of 308 and 200 rounds of 5.56 and spend $2,000 by the time I leave out of the gun shop. <laughs> and never went and, and filled up their refrigerators or their deep freezers or anything else <laughs> that they, they really buy, They didn't buy tourniquets. They didn't buy med packs. They didn't buy any of this Exactly. <laughs> I mean, exactly. All, all I needed was some flat dark earth. I got that came in the mail today, so I'm good. <laughs> Beautiful. But I, I'm waiting on my, uh, my AR build is going to have to go on pause because I do need an upper, so I'm going to have to wait for places to open back up again for that. So I'm a little disappointed. But uh, hopefully these, uh, these checks will be bailed out soon, and then as soon as everything opens back there up. There you go. There we go. <laughs> Anthony, can you just to remind everyone? I know you were on about two episodes ago. Remind everyone where they can find you online and where they can find you once businesses open back up, so we can get some money going towards you. Gunforhire.com, gunforhireradio.com. I am in Woodland Park, New Jersey, fourteen miles from New York, uh, New York City. I'm about sixteen miles from the George Washington Bridge. Now, 20 miles from the Tappan Zee Bridge for you guys that want to come down and visit me. Our tech, when you ever come up uh, from down in God's country over there. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we're fighting hard in New Jersey, like in New York and now Virginia. Look at that. Our three states are in the throes of it. But check me out online. I'm also on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all of that stuff. Well, I've been in Twitter prison for hate speech for about three months now. <laughs> I, nobody can retweet nice stuff. Uh, my account is locked, so uh, I won't press the uh, I apologize button, so it continues to stay locked. Oh, uh, add on to that. Jesse Smollett has just said that two Chinese men wearing MAGA hats have coughed on him. <laughs> and I, I can attest to this. I was there. We were at a church's chicken in Andalusia, Alabama. After they coughed on him, they yelled out, roll tide. And he did exactly what you would think the gay Tupac would do. He screamed out war Eagle and it ran away. (laughs) Uh, So now that we've been banned off of YouTube, finally guys, make sure to check us out on Instagram at get red pilled NY follow tack on at Solomon tack. That's two A's and a C. There is no K in tack. There has never been K in tack. There will never be a K in tack people. I don't know why I have to keep telling you this. But make sure you check us out on Facebook at Empire State Conservatives. And if you are watching this, please check us out on all podcast platforms. I know sometimes you don't want to listen to stuff, but when you're in the car, we are the best thing to listen to. That is a fact. Empire State Conservatives podcast on all podcast platforms that we get a little bit of money every time you guys listen. And if you can support us and want to get something out of it, please check out our store. We have my hat. We have 
this shirt that I'm wearing, protect free speech at empirestateconcernnetwork.com slash store. There is a million and one things on there. All of it is print to order. So it is all in stock. You will get it as soon as possible. We are not shut down. It will ship. I just ordered some of my own stuff from there and it is already on its way. But for that, coronavirus won't kill itself. And don't let fear take your freedom. Thank you.